Greeting nature lovers, Dale Stewart here, and this is Nature's Edge. As you know, I'm a strong believer in conservation efforts. However, I find many of the programs to be short-sighted and not as inclusive as I think they should be in their, in their mission and in their mission statement. Today, our guest has helped lead the building of an elite, formidable conservation organization in North Carolina. Tim has, has, has been recognized for his effective and efficient work statewide. Some of uh, his accomplishments in the uh, arena of creative program establishment include building stakeholder consensus, policy maneuvers, venue generation, and bringing unique, diverse grassroots capacity to the organization, the North Carolina Wildlife Federation. I am pleased to have Mr. Tim Jeswicki, Chief Executive Officer of the North Carolina Wildlife Federation on Nature's Edge today. Tim, how are you doing, my friend? Dale, I'm doing great. It's a great day to be in North Carolina. Yes, it is. I'm uh, I'm so happy to have you on here, and I, there's a lot of different topics that we want to get, get to today, but why don't we start out just by you describing a little bit about the North Carolina Wildlife Federation. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be my pleasure. So the North Carolina Wildlife Federation is a statewide nonprofit organization dedicated to fish, wildlife, habitat conservation. Uh, we were started in 1945. Uh, the genesis of the organization, the roots, uh, were sportsmen from around the state concerned about the lack of wildlife uh, guidance uh, management in North Carolina from the state legislature perspective. And so the idea was to create and, and work and advocate for a statewide wildlife agency that was separate from the legislature that would control our fish and wildlife. Uh, and that occurred in 1947 to what we have now, the North Carolina Wildlife Resource Commission, the state agency that's charged with fish and wildlife and hunting licenses and, and, and wildlife regulations. So that's our genesis. Uh, we are the state affiliate of the National Wildlife Federation. Um, work from the mountains to the coast, doing uh, advocacy work on behalf of fish and wildlife, direct conservation programs. Uh, we have been involved with some litigation as needed, um, education. So we really are a charitable organization that works for all wildlife, all habitat, and all outdoor uses. Uh, we really are uh, a umbrella Big Ten organization that runs the gamut from birders and gardeners to uh, hunters, anglers, farmers, uh, all, all concerned about uh, conservation of habitat. So that's who we are. We're, we're statewide. We have offices in Raleigh and Charlotte. We have a statewide network of chapters and affiliate uh, organizations that are part of our network. And um, uh, pleased to be uh, one of the leading voices for conservation in North Carolina. You know, one of the things that I get asked oftentimes, Tim, is uh, a lot of people know I hunt and fish, and they say, "How can you be a hunter and a fisherman and still uh, be a conservationist?" But uh, you know, I don't. I don't think a lot of people understand the role that hunters and anglers really play in wildlife conservation. I, I agree with you. You know, hunters and con and uh, anglers have been the forefathers of conservation. Uh, dating back to even uh, President Theodore Roosevelt and being the advocates for things like Pittman Robertson Act, you know, actually placing a, a excise tax on ourselves uh, for the uh, ammo, the hunting, the fishing gear that we buy, with that money being dedicated back into 
wetlands and national uh, wildlife refuges. So hunters and anglers have been uh, on the forefront of conservation, the leading uh, advocates for issues like the Clean Water Act, like Land and Water Conservation Fund, like uh, the Clean Air Act uh, in the 60s and 70s, and uh, remain uh, a leading uh, advocate for conservation in North Carolina and and in the country. Yeah, uh, so you know, no and, question. yeah, and, and and worldwide. I mean, I, I know programs in Africa and Southeast Asia uh, that that hunters have been involved in that have really led to uh, the conservation and protective of of some of our most endangered uh, species out there. No question, no question. Yeah, you know, real, really, Dale. It goes hand in hand. You know, if we're if we're not the consummate conservationists. Uh, we'll have nothing to hunt and fish for. So, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a sustainability stewardship uh, mantra that uh, has been the uh, conservation mantle for um, forever in North, in North Carolina and America. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and, you, know, and I, you know, things like Ducks Unlimited come to mind and, the, the, you know, the Turkey Federation and, and Trout uh, you know, Unlimited, all of those programs supported by, by hunters and, and anglers who contribute literally millions into the conservation efforts, not only of, of our wildlife, but of, of protecting our rivers and streams as well. I agree 100%, and it's, it's nice, uh, especially in North Carolina, to know that the origins of, of Ducks Unlimited uh, started in North Carolina. Yes. Uh, Mackey's, Mackey's Island National Wildlife Refuge, and certainly Trout Unlimited has been uh, one of our leading partners on uh, working for cold water fisheries. So, uh, it takes all of us. There's a lot of single species uh, organizations uh, that have come up in recent years, and uh, it, the the neat thing about it is when there's commonality to work for conservation funding or or habitat. It's nice to have all those voices work together. What are some of the uh, What are the, some of the conservation programs that uh, uh, that North Carolina Wildlife Federation are really involved in, kind of on a daily basis? Yeah, we, we, we really do run the whole gamut. We uh we have we're really geared towards uh connecting youth to nature too right now. So we have a, a program called Great Outdoor University that literally gets underserved kids out into the resource for exploring streams, having their first time to go fishing, uh paddling, archery, those kind of things. Um in the eastern part of the state, we have a, a very neat initiative called Farmers and Communities Manage Deer to really work with uh, the overpopulation in our eastern areas with regards to deer, uh, engaging sportsmen uh, with culling some of those deer, and then really turning those deer into a really valuable resource for feeding the poor through the Hunters for the Hungry. So that's a really neat initiative of the Wildlife Federation um, in the mountains, we're working on uh, the Little Tennessee River through a coalition uh, to try to get that designated as a, a native fish conservation area. Yes. Um, so from the mountains to the coast and all through the Piedmont, it's uh, direct hands-on conservation, whether we're working with a local chapter to erect wood duck boxes or deploy osprey nesting platforms in the Catawba Basin, uh, to working down east on um, our marine fisheries, uh, really do have something for all, all the species and all the different interests in North Carolina. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I was actually in a meeting last night with some federal wildlife officials, and we were actually talking about, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people don't aren't aware that some 90,000 predators, from bears to cougars to 
uh, coyotes to wolves are, are killed every year by uh, by federal agents. Uh, and one of the things we were talking about is is being more aware of of the predators and looking at non-lethal ways to protect them and work with them. And and certainly, uh, deer population, as you know, is is uh, is become um, over or, or the deer uh, have become overpopulated in many of the national parks and many of the areas and. So it's important to look at ways that we can we can control uh, and help with some of these uh, with some of these uh, problems. Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent You know, we have been if you look back in the 40s and the 30s and even the 50s in North Carolina, the deer populations were almost non-existent. You know, 10,000, and now we're around 1.7 million. So the deer are healthy. Um, I 100 percent agree with the, the uh, diversity of megafauna, predators, apex species all the way down to your uh, salamanders and mussels. You need a healthy diversity of all those to keep things in check. Uh, and North Carolina is, is, is fortunate. We have you know, there's about 1,000 species of fish, wildlife, bird species in North Carolina, ranging from the elk in the mountains to the red wolf in eastern North Carolina. So we do run the gamut of megafauna, iconic species, and uh, I do agree that we must work to protect all these species so there's a healthy balance. Tim, I'm going to step in. We're coming up against a break. This is Dale Stewart and Nature's Edge. We are discussing conservation efforts with Mr. Tim Geswicki. Uh, Did I say that right, Tim? Geswicki? Geswicki, yes, sir. With, uh, with North Carolina Wildlife Federation, and we shall return. Welcome back to Nature's Edge. This is Dale Stewart. We're having a, uh, a discussion with uh, Mr. Tim Jeswicki. Tim is the Chief Executive Officer of the North Carolina Wildlife Federation. And Tim, we were we were talking about before the break some of the conservation programs that uh, that you guys are involved in, and and I, I want to get into uh, some of the conservation funding and and some of the other things that uh, that you're involved with with the uh, with the Wildlife Federation. Yeah, thank you. Uh, one of the big priorities for the Wildlife Federation is is realizing the need to protect land. We are getting ready to have another explosion of population in North Carolina with estimates of adding another 2 to 2.5 million people into the state by 2030. So a, a real pressure to, to protect the ecosystems where we enjoy to hunt and fish and, and to protect our, uh, our, our water resources. So in North Carolina, we've been we've been very blessed to have uh, a funding source for that that the legislature uh, provides through the Clean Water Management Trust Fund, and uh, land and water investments uh, from that uh, go towards game lands uh, for the public use uh, across the state, as well as protecting some of the uh, the buff areas around our trout streams. So one of our priorities is to um, back in during the recession, we saw some of that funding. Uh, go away, and it's come back, and we're urging the governor and the legislature to really look in at putting, uh, historically was it $100 million per year, I think it would be good to have it around $25 million towards uh, water quality projects, upland habitat, and then also funding our state parks. So 
that'll be one of our big issues. And, and quite frankly, Dale, when 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 we do put in money towards game lands, the, the every dollar we get a return of goods and services of four dollars back. So quite a uh, return on the investment towards the taxpayers of North Carolina with regards to water quality, uh, flood control, and outdoor recreation. So uh, that's a big key priority for us. Uh, North Carolina has a um, real uh, important fishery or marine resources are important towards to North Carolina, and we, we really are looking towards some uh, reform measures uh, to protect some of the inshore waters from uh, uh, overabundance of bycatch and uh, turtle harvesting. So marine fisheries reform uh, will be one of our priorities as well uh, moving in towards uh, 2015. And, Tim, what about saltwater and, and coastal uh, fisheries? Are you guys involved yeah, with that? Uh, yes, sir, we sure are. And, and North Carolina is one of the only states on the east and Atlantic coast that doesn't have uh, regulations about inshore shrimping, trawling, uh, shrimping that is. So there's a pretty large amount of bycatch that's wasted and some of our major fisheries like spot, croaker, uh, weak fish. And um, so we're trying to look at some, uh, some measures to reform some of those areas and protect those coastal estuaries uh, from over-harvesting and allow uh, the uh, Red drum, speckled trout, uh, striped bass to really proliferate more in the state. So that'll be a priority of ours, protecting our saltwater fisheries. And I'm guessing you guys work very closely with uh, with the marine biologists and and the fisheries uh, guys uh, in in looking at at what is acceptable uh, catch limits and that sort of thing. Correct? Absolutely. Our our whole basis is, uh, for an organization is making decisions based on scientific principles. We have to base our fish, wildlife, and habitat issues on science. And uh, as an organization that holds that as our highest principle, that it, it's all based on biology. Yes, sir, you better believe it. And I know you were you were talking a little bit about land protection. And I know um, you guys developed a, a habitat program for developers, didn't you? That that actually works with developers on this on land use. Yeah, we do. We have the largest uh, private property uh, habitat slate in the country. We have programs for backyards, for churches, for schools to really help, uh, and even workplaces where we help folks provide the basic criteria for wildlife, food, water, cover, places to raise young uh, on their lands. And one of the uh, additional programs that stem from that was our Wildlife Friendly Development Initiative, which is a, is a non-regulatory, you know, market-driven initiative whereby uh, developers pre-grading uh, work with us and the wildlife biologists to try to come up with a plan that will protect some terrestrial habitat uh, in the uh, community development plan, provide a wonderful aesthetic uh, opportunity for the communities, and uh, thereby uh, certify those those habitats. So it's part of the conservation puzzle of public lands, private lands, uh, protecting our water bodies, and uh, through the backyard wildlife habitat, there's about 9,000 uh, sites certified in North Carolina. Uh, so we're really making a difference uh, on on people's private properties for wildlife as well. And it really gives them an opportunity to engage, too, whether it's a church group, uh, whether it's a community um, or school uh, PTA group. So we're really pleased about our habitat program initiatives. Who, Tim, who certifies those, those sites? Is it done by yeah, the state so- or...? 
Yeah, we, we certify, uh, we, we have a certification program, application, so uh, we have, uh, that comes to the North Carolina Wildlife Federation. Uh, also, the National Wildlife Federation does the backyard habitat program through us, and there's a, a national registry, and uh, there's probably about 150,000 sites certified now, and really those are, those provide good uh, places for migratory birds, stopovers, for pollinators, and and certainly with regards to our butterflies and our bee populations, everything we can do as far as planting uh, native vegetation that supports uh, those kind of species is, is just another wonderful addition that the public can uh, make towards conservation. If a, if a land developer is interested in this or interested in learning more about this, where would they go, Tim? Go to your website? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, come to our website, ncwf.org. Uh, we have a specific program on there, a link towards the uh, the criteria, and we'd be delighted to come out and do a uh, site analysis, site visit. That's what the program offers, so ncwf.org. And is this at no charge to the developer, or how does that work? There's a there's a there's a fee there's a fee for certification, uh, and all that money goes in toward back into uh, our conservation initiative, okay. so that there's added value and there really is some um, commitment uh, from the developer to incorporate habitat protection absolutely yeah that's that's great stuff uh, we got about two minutes uh, Tim and why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the the wildlife habitat coalition uh, coalition uh, having trouble yeah, talking today yeah, that, that you guys have we built. started a, a camouflage coalition or NC camo uh, to provide uh, the sportsmen and, and wildlife conservationists around the state with timely information uh, regarding legislation, uh, decision-making, whether it be on a regulation change or a bill that would support uh, gameland funding. Um, and it's been really uh, a nice tool to reach the grassroots and, make, and allow them to be part of the process on decision-making. So... We hired one of the leading experts in the, in the country, uh, biologist Dick Hamilton, who ran our state wildlife agency for, for 38 years sure. and uh, runs the whole, whole gamut of fishing and, and hunting issues at nccamo.org. That's, uh, again, that, that's, that's great stuff that you guys are doing. And I, I think what I really like about the, uh, uh, the North Carolina Wildlife Federation is the, is the sort of all-inclusive nature that you guys look at uh, rather than just picking or taking one one little aspect of it, uh, because it, it, you know, as you know, conservation is not just just about one component. It doesn't work when you just pick one thing. Uh, you got to look at the whole ecosystem. Dale, come one, come all. Uh, holistic approach to air, water, land, and all the uh, species and all the interests. Be it hunting, fishing, birding, paddling, camping, you, you, you better believe it. It's a holistic approach. Absolutely. You're listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart and my special guest today, Mr. Tim Gaswicki. Uh, Tim is the Chief Executive Officer of the North Carolina Wildlife Federation, and we'll be back and have some more discussion after this pause.
Welcome back. Dale Stewart here, and you're listening to Nature's Edge. Our special guest today, Mr. Tim Geswicki, who is the exec- chief executive officer for the North Carolina Wildlife Federation, and we've been talking about their conservation programs, their wildlife habitat programs, and uh, um, and and all and their advocacy work, and all of those things. And I want to switch gears just a little bit, Tim, and go to something that you know is near and dear to me, and that's water. And uh, want to talk a bit uh, a bit about uh, the Clean Water Act uh, uh, rulemaking. Um, you know, our small or intermediate streams, and and just how important the sustainability of those are to our to our drinking water here in North Carolina. Well, you, you, you're dead on, Dale. You know, it's all about water. Water is critical for uh, trout fishing, for duck hunting, for our economy, for drinking water. And North Carolina is blessed, absolutely blessed from the mountains to the coast. Uh, we have more sound and estuarine waters than any of the other state other than Louisiana and the lower 48. Our, our trout streams are the envy of all on the East Coast. And the Clean Water Act has been the bastion, if you will, of protecting our surface waters or uh, in America since 1972 when Richard Nixon's administration signed that into law. Yeah. And uh, for North Carolina, it just mean, it, it, we have 242,000-plus miles of rivers and streams that, that provide our, our outdoor recreation area and our, uh, our drinking water. So um, water is... is is what it's all about. It helps North Carolina's economy. It helps our quality of life. And again, it's it's the places where we do our outdoor recreation primarily. It is, and I, I think uh, it might surprise people. Uh, I, I think it's something something over four and a half million North Carolinians uh, uh, get their get their drinking water from rivers and streams. Correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's it's all about fishable, drinkable. Uh, boatable waters that the Clean Water Act provides, and and without these rivers and streams, you know, drinking water would be a, uh, a big problem. So we have to protect these these watersheds, and that's fortunately what the Clean Water Act has done historically uh, for North Carolina for the country. The um, let's talk a bit a, a bit about the Source Water Protection uh, uh, Act and and areas dealing with the, with the Clean Water uh, Clean Water Act. Uh, uh, where do you guys stand on on that? Well, we're certainly 100% behind uh, protecting our source waters, uh, be they uh, wetlands in North Carolina, be they intermittent streams. Um, without protecting the source waters from discharges, um, how does how does one protect where we uh, bass fish in our Piedmont reservoirs? How do we how do we protect the trout waters, and how we how do we protect our duck uh, waterfall habitat? So. We've simply got to uh, support these uh, waterways, and and right now, uh, Dale, the uh, the uh, waters of the U.S., which is what the Clean Water Act protects, there's a rulemaking to clarify uh, the intent of the Clean Water Act because uh, we had some uh, interpretation issues uh, from 2001-2006 uh, that kind of left. Uh, some inconsistent decisions regarding isolated wetlands uh, and, and intermittent streams that feed into our bodies of water that were kind of left unprotected. Uh, and right now, the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers is going through a rulemaking process that would uh, clarify the intent that, yes, in fact, those bodies uh, are really critical towards the biological, chemical, and physical integrity 
of our rivers, streams, and sounds in North Carolina. So it is a very critical thing to uh, waterways, and the North Carolina Wildlife Federation 100% supports this rulemaking process. Yeah, and the, and the Clean Water Act, uh, it really limits a lot of the polluting facilities that are located uh, on, on a lot of our at-risk streams, correct? It sure does. It, 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 it keeps those uh, polluting facilities from discharging into your, your waterways that are providing your drinking water. Uh, and again, it's been one of the things that separates America from some of the rest of the, the world as far as protecting our water sources as, as the uh, uh, public trust resources that they are. What about agricultural uh, development? Is that yep. So ag- agriculture, which is certainly important to the country and to North Carolina and, and forestry, they're exempt uh, from the Clean Water Act as far as discharges and, and, and ditching. So um, this really relates to point source discharges. So ag, forestry, uh, there's no changes from this rulemaking. There's no changes whatsoever. Uh, so those that might say, well, this is an overreach, no, I would disagree 100%. I would say it's it's actually just a, a more of a clarification. It may even be an underreach, Dale, because yeah. uh, it leaves out the prey potholes in, in the Midwest, which are really our duck factories. Uh, it leaves out vernal pools in Carolina Bay. So uh, this is um, something to clarify at least uh, what the Clean Water, Inta- uh, Clean Water Act does. So. Uh, it's better than nothing, and it will take away some of the uncertainty about protecting some of these areas, which for North Carolina is critical. Uh, we are a wetland-oriented state. So Washington is uh, is taking a look at the uh, at the agricultural uh, side of things uh, to clarify that or to, or to add that to it. Absolutely. Yep. I, absolutely. Yeah. Agricultural side of things, and this will uh, there will be no change to ag uh, in these current rulemaking. So it's about our intermittent streams uh, that feed into our headwaters, uh, the wetlands that, again, are adjacent to our, our uh, rivers and protecting those. And for North Carolina, you know, uh, I think that's really important. We've just had some rollbacks of our wetlands laws uh, in our legislature last session. Um, the uh, protection of isolated, of all wetlands, uh, you can now fill in an, anything an acre and under without a permit, without a review, uh, east of um, Highway 95. Yeah. Um, so, as a duck hunter, you know that that, that scares me. Oh, it does uh, absolutely. All the, yeah, I mean that's really terrifying for the acre for mm-hmm. all the land west of 95. Uh, they they uh, lessened the mitigation from one tenth of an acre to one third of an acre. So, really, we're ro- really rolling back protection of these valuable ecosystems, which uh, provide flood control, which provide water filtration for our drinking water, which provide valuable habitat, uh, drought, um, you know, uh, protection, if you will, storm surge protection down east. So uh, we're concerned wetlands, our swamps, our marshes are our primary nurseries for our shellfish. And then in the mountains, certainly the one, the uh, streams that feed into our trout waters, we must have this rule making uh, clarification passed. Oh, I agree. And, and you know, there, there are certain little wetland areas, certain little bogs uh, all over the United States that, that are, are, are an acre or less. But, but that doesn't, uh, that doesn't uh, downplay their importance to the, to, the, to the ecosystem. There's absolutely the, the, the clear nexus uh, from those wetlands to the larger navigable waters 
uh, is a clear, scientifically based and scientifically sound nexus, and absolutely they're critical. We have five million acres of wetlands in North Carolina. I know, yeah. Um, really, yeah. I mean, really huge to our economy, really huge to uh, our natural resources. So uh, passing this uh, uh, clarification ruling is important, and then really all sportsmen, all conservationists, all folks that care about natural resources should be uh, working in and supporting uh, wetlands protection in North Carolina as well. Uh, Tim, we got just a, just a little less than a minute here, but I know there's been a couple of controversial uh, Supreme Court uh, opinions uh, that have kind of left it unclear uh, if our nation's landmark water law applies to to our small streams and water uh, and our and, and wetlands. Isn't that true? I mean, there's been a couple of rulings. That's exactly right, and that's what this. That's right, uh, Dale, and that's what these clarifications, that's what the uh, the EPA and um, Army Corps are, are calling to clarify that, in fact, those rulings are inconsistent uh, with the, interp- the uh, intent of the Clean Water Act. So this will go to clarify this Clean Water Act safeguards for, for again, headwater streams and critical wetlands in, in, uh, in the country. So this is a clarification opportunity. And and obviously it would uh, it would better protect our our drinking water supplies, uh, which protect our drinking water, uh, which gives uh, businesses and companies uh, more encouragement to move to North Carolina that you have uh, good quality water sources, and again protecting the uh, the uh, hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation economy that's so important in North Carolina. This is Dale Stewart with Nature's Edge. We're going to take a little break, and we will be back with uh, Tim Jeswicki after these words. Nature's Edge. We are talking to Tim Jeswicki, the executive uh, officer of the North Carolina Wildlife Federation, and we've been talking about some of the amazing work that they're doing uh, across North Carolina. And Tim, I want to want you to talk a little bit about economics of uh, uh, of hunting and fishing and and tourism uh, and, uh, with what you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. The uh... The reality is we, we talk about the environment as kind of the fabric that, fabric that binds the economy together. And, and you look at what hunting and fishing and wildlife observation means to, to the economy. Uh, basically, uh, $3.3 billion every year annually to North Carolina's economy from hunting and fishing. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty significant amount of money. It contributes about 95 thousand jobs um again pretty important you break out trout fishing in just the north Carolina mountains 174 million dollars annually to the economy yeah. uh from folks who, who are willing to come from whether it be greensburg or Charlotte or raleigh or hickory and and take a trip and buy some gasoline and uh you know stay in a hotel and stop and get a biscuit and uh, all the gear, $174 million to, to local guides and mom-and-pop restaurants and hotels. That's a, that's a significant economic driver. Um, again, just one example, that's just trout fishing. So duck hunting in, um, alone uh, is, is a $2.3 billion economy uh, in the country. 
Uh, if you want to look at just sport fishing, we talked earlier about you know uh, what that means to the North Carolina coastal economy. It's 125 billion dollars annually economic activity across the country. So you're starting to put hunting and fishing into the Fortune 500 top tier uh, business. So um, and then Dale, if you add in you know the other non-consumptive uh, outdoor pursuits like gardening. Uh, and bird watching and hiking and camping, it's, it, it, it really does start to add up. Um, so without the resource protection and places for folks to enjoy their outdoor activities, um, that economic driver uh, gets diminished greatly. Well, it really does. And, and, you know, of course, here in western North Carolina, not only the trout fishing, but, uh, uh, you know, the kayak industry and the paddling industry. And, and as, as a result of, of that, uh, a lot of the um, a, a lot of uh, wholesale manufacturers of outdoor gear, you know, they also move into these areas, and and that adds to the economy. And and you know, thanks for our clean water and the water we have over here. You know, uh, we we've had a number of of nationally recognized uh, uh, beer manufacturers and beer brewers uh, move into Western North Carolina. And I don't think any of that would have happened without uh, without this work that's going on uh, to conserve. Uh, You're absolutely right. To, to yep. conserve and, and again, 100%. yeah, that just simply adds to that that uh, that three point three billion dollars that it, that is spent out there, and, and and I think it's important that people do realize uh, just what an impact the uh, the hunting and fishing industry does have on the economics of North Carolina. Yep, I do as well, and, and, and sometimes many people may find that hard to believe those, those kind of facts, but they are staggering. We are we are a major spender. When you look at sportsmen, and and you know, also in North Carolina, our, our state parks just had another record year visitation uh, across the state. People are coming into the state. You know, we're the fourth or fifth largest uh, state for outside folks coming in to spend their tourism dollars. Uh, again, because of our good park system and some of the natural resources from the Great Smokies, which is the, the number one visited national park in the country. That's correct. Uh, by far, it even blows away the Grand Canyon in, uh, two to one uh, to our Outer Banks. So we have a lot to be thankful for, and we have a lot to work to protect. Um, let's just look at the tourism numbers. $20.2 billion uh, is contributed from tourism across North Carolina. That's, that's a record high, and it's because, again, of our natural resource destination so um whether you hunt fish bird paddle camp um habitat and places to recreate are a critical driver in north carolina well it really is and and you know tim i'm out wandering around in nature paddling our rivers uh all over the place and it, it's always amazing to me the number of people that i meet uh, not just in the united states but uh, uh just this this past weekend i was wandering around up in the mountains and came upon a group of six uh uh, men and women from Japan that were that were yeah. uh, enjoying yeah. our mountains and 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 the waters of Western North Carolina. So certainly that that economic impact is great. Uh, Tim, how can uh, how can the average citizen how can they uh, get involved with you guys? I'm assuming you use volunteers and and uh, in your efforts. We depend heavily on volunteers. We are uh, we we are we have a chapter network, Dale. We're one of the only states in america that has their own wildlife federation chapters so asheville boone all the way down to elizabeth city and pantigo and charlotte and gastonia we have our own chapters extensions of the north carolina wildlife federation and local communities 
where direct hands-on conservation and programming is occurring. Uh, so folks can go and find a chapter in their uh, neck of the woods at ncwf.org. And if there's not a chapter in your neck of the woods, you know, contact us directly. We, we would love to form a chapter uh, to get more folks involved and aware of what's going on and, and be part of the solution. That uh, There's an old saying about it, uh, it only takes a few people to really make a difference. In fact, that's truly all it ever has. So we, we're, we're trying to find those six to 12 folks in the cross the state who want to form a local chapter. And uh, last night we had a program on wetlands in Matthews, North Carolina, with uh, 70 people attending and, and taking action and signing a uh, uh, petition uh, in, in support of our wetlands protection. And on Saturday we'll be building wood duck boxes in Gastonia, North Carolina. And uh, so there's plenty of opportunities for folks to come get involved in North Carolina with us. Yeah, and I would I would strongly recommend any of you uh, volunteers out there, and and uh, and I know sometimes you hunters and fishermen that listen to the show uh, uh, have kind of struggled with getting involved with with a conservation group, and and uh, certainly Tim and and his team speak your language, and I would I would strongly recommend that that uh, that they contact you guys and see how they as as hunters and fishermen can get involved. Tim, you want to give us a little. Uh, a little wrap-up on uh, again on the North Carolina Wildlife Federation, sort of who you guys are, what your mission is, and those sort of things? You better believe it. Oldest and largest state wildlife conservation group, a nonprofit dedicated to all fish, all wildlife, and all habitat in the state. Uh, started in 1945. Uh, folks can join our Camo Coalition free at nccamo.org. They can uh, look to see all the different approaches and programs and policies we support at ncwf.org. And uh, if they want to contact me directly, TIM at ncwf.org, and I will guarantee I will find a place for them to uh, meet their conservation objectives. Well, that's, that's great stuff, Tim, again, that, that you guys do and, uh, uh, and, and that, your, that your team does around the state. Let me ask you, do you give guidance to, to, the, to the individual chapters, or are they able to sort of take on their own mission in, in the geographic location they are? Yeah, we're part of one big family, Dale, part of a network, but certainly they pick their conservation objectives, whether it's planting uh, 10,000 uh, cedar trees in uh, the old uh, Great Dismal Swamp, whether it's building, uh, putting in a bluebird trail, uh, at a local church, um, all working in sync, but meeting their local ob- objectives uh, totally. So that's uh, that's again that's that's important stuff and good stuff. And uh, do the do the individual chapters, uh, Tim, have their own websites, or are they are they yeah. all uh, connected to? Uh, uh, but I, I guess people can come to to uh, ncwf.org and and find the chapters. Yes, sir. They're all on there. There's links to their local, and, and they do have their own uh, names, acronyms, logos, but they're all on our chapter, and uh, we're very proud of, of building out this grassroots network so more people can be aware, be connected, and be part of the solutions uh, to both policy and programmatic on-the-grounds conservation efforts. Tim, I want to thank you for being on Nature's Edge and all the great work that, that you and the Federation are doing. You've been listening to Dale Stewart on Nature's Edge, and until next time, I will see you in the wild.